This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined in studio, six feet away, by Jim Sebastio. Jim, good to see you. Good to see you, Brian. So just so you know, we are honoring the social distancing rules. We assume they're still going to be in place by the time this releases. But we do want to continue the conversation about areas that we're getting asked a lot about as a ministry from a lot of pastors. And so we want to try to, to address those needs, and we wanted to get these podcast episodes out uh, to you. Uh, we've talked about, we talked about live streaming or not live streaming or using Zoom calls on the last episode, but we want to continue the conversation about how to shepherd the flock and how to do that in, in different ways, in, in private ways. So when Peter says to shepherd the flock among you, it, he's highlighting why we should, why some should do live streaming. That's an effective way for us to care for our churches. Why, you know, why would we do a live stream and not just point them to the to the celebrity pastor that does this all the time, Jim? Why would we do that? Right, because it's our flock, and uh, as as profitable as it would be to say, uh, you know, our preaching's not as good as. I could list a hundred guys, right? You know that you could say that that you could listen to and and listen to with profit, but it's not your pastor, and we are their pastor, and there is a, a relationship of love and care, in which uh, as as great a preacher as Martin Lloyd Jones is. Martin Lloyd Jones didn't know a single person in my congregation. This is true. John Piper didn't know anybody in my congregation. You yep. know, whoever else you might want to use, they just don't. They don't know my congregation, right. and they don't know their particular needs and and hurts and struggles. And so we want to try to, as you always do, you want to try to minister the Word of God effectively. In, you know, as you quoted last time, in season, out of season, and in, in prosperity and in woe, and in, in hardship in plenty, whatever it is, we there are particular ways that the Lord's people need to be helped and encouraged or challenged. And so I think, you know, even if you go back and say to somebody, again, say maybe they want to listen to Martin Lloyd-Jones or whoever it is from the past, that there are particular circumstances going on right now that are affecting the people in in our congregations. There are people that are losing their jobs in our congregations. There's business owners mm. that are that are experiencing how to take care of their employees in our congregations. There are people who who minister to other people in our congregations, and their primary way of doing that has been face to face and. And they're not doing that right now, and so they're hurting. They're trying to do what they can, and and so I think one of the questions we didn't deal with last time that I that I thought would be good to is, do you alter your preaching schedule during this time? Right. Yeah. Is that helpful? We talked last time about trying to maintain some you know some degree of the normal, which is helpful to people. It's encouraging to see their pastor's face and to have him addressing them. That feels normal, helps kids, feels normal. Yep. Oh, that's church, that's our church building. But is it good and right for us maybe to to take at least some time to say, you know what, we need to address this or that. You know, we need to mm-hmm. address what's happening in our culture. We need to address the fear and the anxiety of God's people. 
We need to face the reality that some among us are going to become sick Mm -hmm. and that some in our congregations might die or that some of your friends might die or that some in your family might die and that we prepare our folk. I I said last Lord's Day, uh, somewhat of a side comment, but in in doing the, the message to the congregation, that in a lot of ways our preaching is like a boot camp. Uh, It's basic training. It's to help God's people so that when the bullets really begin to fly, they know how to respond. Right. They know how to fight. And so you you train them with theology and with the basic truths of God's Word so that when they're, they're now in the crisis, they know what God has said. They know who God is. They know what God has promised, and they're able to utilize that. So, did, what did you? Find. So, what did you do? Did you have you? Because you're doing live stream. You're preaching every week like a normal yeah. sermon. What did you decide to do? All right. So, what I decided to do is uh, I'm doing a, a brief series. I'm calling something like "High Rocks for Overwhelmed Souls." So, when my soul is overwhelmed within me, my heart is overwhelmed. Me, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Okay. So I preached from Revelation 4 and 5 uh, in the morning, which dealt with to the suffering first century church. When John was given the vision of heaven, he saw three things. He saw a throne with somebody sitting on it. There was a scroll in his right hand that represents God's plan, and there was a worthy lamb. Mm. And all of those things they were tempted to dismiss or to forget or to deny because it seemed like Caesar was on the throne, things were helter-skelter, it seemed there wasn't any plan. This is a plan. God's working all of this. Mm -hmm. And then the question is, is Jesus worthy? Mm. Is Jesus worth it? And so those three things are are fundamental to a suffering believer. And then in the evening I preached out of 1 Peter 5, 7 on casting all your care upon him because he cares for you and just dealt with the reality and nature of our cares, and then the danger of our anxieties, what anxiety can do. And Jesus says that uh, the cares of this world can enter in and choke the choke the word, which is really a, a really astonishing statement mm-hmm. in the parable of the seed sown among thorns, that anxieties can choke the word. Mm-hmm. And so that it bears no fruit, it says, choke the word so that it bears no fruit. Yeah. And, and, then, uh, and then we dealt with how we cast and then why we cast our cares. And just focusing on you cast your care upon God, not simply because he's wise and sovereign, but because he cares for you. So you went off series. So man. I went off series. I've been preaching through Deuteronomy. Now, I am planning this Lord's Day to, to do a text in Deuteronomy, but it's it's not part of the regular. Yeah. It's going to deal with the hidden things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us. So we're focusing on the sovereignty of God, the anxiety of the believer, just recognizing these are troubling times, these are scary times, uh, these are unsettling times, and um, and so how do we how do we think? How do we respond to this as God's people? You know, so the psalmist said, um, in the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Uh, Or then another text that we've pointed to is when the foundations are removed, what will the righteous do? And that is, how do God's people respond when Psalm 46 says, the earth gives way and the mountains are cast into the sea? And what do we do as God's people? And so we're trying to just minister to the Lord's people in regard to that. 
Making sure, because we've tried to do this for years, making sure they have a good foundation, but focusing particularly on stirring them up to remember these things. So I'm not live streaming, so I'm not preaching a sermon every week, but I certainly have gotten off series. I'm preaching through Genesis until all this happened. And so when I'm doing, when I'm ministering the word through our Zoom calls, I'm picking texts like similar to what you're talking about. Romans 8.28, reminding people of the promise of that all things, including a pandemic, God mm-hmm. works for our good, the good of God's people, right. those who love him and call it according to his purpose. Uh, there's all kinds of texts we could go to. Uh, our good friend Jeremy Walker in England, uh, when I talked to him this week, he went off series and he's calling the new series Intermission, which I thought was clever, and, and a way to be able to just acknowledge, yeah, this is kind of a, a, this is a quick interruption, but, we, but as shepherds of our individual flocks whom we know, it is, it is, it's, permissible, even right, for a pastor to try to think creatively even of how do I minister the Word? How do I shepherd our people during this? So let's talk about some of the other ways, maybe privately, we think about that. You touched a little bit, Jim, on the last episode that you got your elders and deacons together. You kind of divided the list up of the membership, and Mm -hmm. you're contacting people and and things like that. We did something similar uh, one thing I will add to that, it was uh, just our elders that met and divided this up to be kind of the point of contact. Our church is smaller than yours, so we're able to, to do that with the, with the three of us. But the other thing we did uh, is we created a Google Doc that we can add to. And we set a Google Doc up with all the members mm-hmm. and basically had a couple columns. was prayer needs, when was the last time somebody contacted them, either by mm-hmm. phone call or Zoom or whatever. And we started this Google Doc, and the three of us go in every day and update that, depending on Great. the conversations we've had. I want to throw that out there. That that is that's a good tool to have in general. We've used before, but I want to encourage people to think of ways on how to keep up with everybody to give an account for every soul. Hebrews right. thirteen seventeen, and that is that is an effective way to try to keep a record of those, so people can. I mean, it's good to get many calls in one day, but it might be best to utilize making sure everybody is touched base with in, in a given week. Yeah, and I think to an unusual degree, right now, Brian, we need to ask people not just are they, are they, uh, you know, how you doing, um, but physically are you okay? I think we need to recognize, it's a funny thing to, to, re- to realize, you know, you got almost two different types of people. You have extroverted people that, are really are suffering in a different way in this. They're so they thrive on gathering. They thrive on being around other people. Right. They, and they're probably you know the I don't know if they're going to be on social media all the time, but right now, but you know they're lonely. They're really feeling it. Yep. And I think we need to make sure they're okay. So I think some of those people that you normally wouldn't check on regularly because they're gregarious and outgoing and they get a lot of fellowship. But making sure they're okay, but then also thinking through the isolated folks in our congregation, the older folk. You, Brian, you you know you you particular you inculcated a heart for the widow. Um, I mentioned we have a blind lady in our church, an older blind lady in our church, uh, who if she doesn't get picked up and she can't fend for herself, right, you know, right. uh, other people can at least could could get out, get to the store. We got to make sure she's taken care of, and so both the elders and the deacons are. And I think Brian, we need to be sensitive to and beginning to ask the questions of how this is affecting you. Uh, how are you? Are, are you anxious? Are you fearful? How are your kids handling this? How can we pray for your children? 
because they're picking up on anxiety. They're hearing things about the economy even. They're, and all of a sudden they're beginning, are we going to eat? You know, are we going to have this? Are we going to be taken care of? And, th- and those sorts of things. Uh, and I think the longer this goes on, the greater the possibility is that somebody who was fine a week ago is going to be in pieces yeah. next week. And so how do we care for the mental health and maybe even ways that's going to be feels like it's beyond our pay grade and, and counselors aren't meeting with people, people that may have been regularly seeing a therapist or a counselor may not be able to do that. Uh, the, the certain medications that have been available right. might be being may not be as available. So there's going to be a lot of things we're going to have to be aware of and, and, and think about. Uh, but but and we just have to remember this is all part of our normal calling. We need to keep that in mind that um, do what we're called to do. We need to be creative also in how to do what we've been doing maybe differently under these circumstances. So one example I'll give that that I embraced this past week, and I just kind of did it. I had never done this before. Um, and and I would encourage I would encourage pastors to think creatively about how to do this, how to do what we've always done, stay within the confines of honoring what's been asked of us. And yet that's not an excuse to do nothing. So obviously we have phone calls and you might Zoom somebody you've never actually done that with before to be able to see them. But this past Tuesday, I uh, because I say our pastors met and we made a plan to want to contact people. I spent all Tuesday morning, I literally just drove around to widows' homes stood in their yard and called them and t- talked and told them I was standing in their yard. And if they were comfortable coming to stand on the porch, it was a nice day to come and stand on the porch and just talk to me, you know, at a distance. Right. It's great. And, it's great. And, and I had no idea, you know, I had kind of a crazy idea. I mean, a few other people had, you could saw had, had mentioned this, but I thought in particular, the people who are alone and alone all the time, that, that widow who spoke up on that Zoom call saying how lonely she was mm-hmm. not seeing someone. Right. And she's one of the ladies I went and saw. And for all morning, I stood and had conversations 10, 15, away, 50 to 15 feet away from these widows standing there. And every single one of them said how much it mattered to them to just see a human face, mm-hmm. a real person, hear their voice, in not through a screen, right? and to just have that conversation. And for me to be able to pray with them, yep. to be able to, to read Scripture with them, the one of the widows I went to, uh, she has a storm door. And uh, she asked me to come up to the storm door and talk to her. And I had a 10-minute conversation with this woman with my hands. She asked me to put my hands up on hers on the storm door. You learned we, that from Kenneth Copeland, we said, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly where I got the idea, though. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was that was such a sweet moment. No, she just kind of stood there and cried. And, that's sweet. And that's really, even, really sweet. She even told me at one point, she says, I can feel the warmth of your hands. Oh, through the, so I left there thinking to myself, like I, you know, I would have never thought that would be meaningful to yeah. anybody. Yeah, no, but right. And on, so my encouragement is think creatively, think of ways though they may seem silly, that just the gesture of you maybe going and doing something for them yeah. could mean a whole lot. But Brian, thinking about you know, part of our regular ministry can often be for a lot of these men. Uh, Going, you know, nursing homes are shut down and hospitals. hospitals yeah, you know, so you're gonna have folks. One of our young men had his appendix out yesterday. Oh, really? Uh, so they were at the hospital. I didn't go. You know, I would normally, 
I normally would have been there. Uh, then a, uh, a week before that, one of our young guy, one of the little guys in the church had his arm broken, and there at Cosair, normally would have gone over, but I wasn't going. I, you know, I yeah. didn't. I didn't get to go over there, and and that's hard. That's, and I think, you know, we're talking about the the health of our folks. I think some of the, some pastors are going to begin to feel the weight of this, the emotional weight of longing to be near near God's people sure. when they're suffering and it's part of their delight to be there when things are hard and that's going to be the emotional cost potentially for us as time goes on as as, as spiritual caregivers yes uh, as well as it, preaching it, to an empty room over it, yeah, a long and, period and of time preaching to an empty room very it's just such a strange providence uh, and to remember of course while you're doing that that the Lord's people are there and listening and thinking who they are that are hearing this and who needs to hear this. Mm. But to do this in the short term is is difficult. We may be looking at, at a number of weeks uh, in this. Uh, go ahead. Or, or months. I yeah. think that's the thing we have to settle for in this. When we're thinking about how to shepherd our individual flocks that God has appointed us, the people we know, better than anybody, any other pastor knows, yep. is that we have to figure out how to potentially do this in a, in a long-term fashion. So I'm with you. I had, there's a, we have a 91-year-old widow who was not responding to people's calls last Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we actually had church members go over there, and she wouldn't answer the door. They actually broke into her house, and they found her uh, very sick and having trouble breathing. Oh, and they my. called the, they called the, the, or they, they uh, convinced her. There's a nurse that's her neighbor who knows her well. Convinced her to go to the ER. They took her to the hospital. They called me and let me know what was going on. I can't go in and see her. Right. She has no family. She wow. she her 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 power of attorney is is one of her good friends. Yeah. And so I oh, thought to myself, is ever the time I want as a pastor to be able to pull the pastor you know the pastor card at the hospital and yeah, say and, and we let might, me in. Yeah, we might be able to do that in some cases. Uh, I know, depending on where you are, you might be able yeah. to do that. But why well, wasn't um, I wasn't able to? But I, I yeah. can I can already relate to like she's she's stable now. But just thinking about the thought of her in there, uh, it's a lady who's meant a lot to me through the years. The thought of her being in a hospital, dying alone, yeah, in that moment, like you've heard other people who have face that in recent days. This this is a significant thing to not only affect the flock, but like you said, the one who's trying to care for everybody. Brian, how can we encourage our flocks, our dear brothers and sisters, to make benefit of this time? You mentioned here, obviously, some people are taking it upon themselves to take care of others, You because know, the, 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 the mindset can be take care of yourself, take care of yourself. Um, live for your, you know, the whole live for yourself idea, which is which works its way into the Christian church. What can we do to to aid folks to say, okay, throughout the week, uh, I'm thinking about things, Brian. Like, how can we utilize this as a time of witness? How can we encourage our folks to take care of their neighbors? How can we encourage our people to take care of each other? Not just having the elders and deacons do it. And then also, uh, particularly in, in homes where there's a, a husband and a wife together, or you know, one of the parents is a believer, to utilize the time for the spiritual good of their family. 
So if they've never done family worship, so you have some in some families, some Christian families, they have they have given the spiritual rearing of their children to somebody on the church staff. Right. And now they're not getting together. They're not having youth group. They're not getting that. And um, a man who maybe should be the priest in his home, you know, you could argue. Uh, are there ways we can encourage our, our can encourage the Lord's people? Let's utilize this. This is a, a limited time that we can take to, to do some good for – our own soul, again, as some have said, not just to binge watch, not just to take time off, but to actually do something positively good for our families, for our church, for the kingdom. Well, you, you said a lot in that already. I'm thinking ways we could do that. One thing that comes to my mind is, is that the way I've approached this, we've addressed the church in two ways. Um, the, what are those of you who have needs, the physical needs, you know, the emotional needs, mm of this situation, isolation, just lost your job, you know, all those kind of things. Then we put out there, who are those of you who actually want to help meet the needs? So instead of relying on the pastors and the deacons Mm. or even the church benevolence fund, you know, to meet a need, uh, who are those of you out there who are fine, who, you know, you're not losing income, uh, you've got extra. You've got extra money that you're wanting to use generously. Right. Who are you? And, and we actually have these two categories of people. Who are the people letting us know we have these needs, and we want to help. And so I've had both responses. And I would right. say I've, I've had I've had primarily, thankfully, the response of what can I do to help. And and that's I think we we've, we've wanted to make a list of both of those so we can call on the people uh, who is interesting. One guy who said I want to help meet the needs. Lost his job this week. So. I think mm. the longer this mm. goes, right. the longer this goes, we're going to have to we're going to have to uh, evolve that list and, and update right. it as as we walk through. Uh, Jim, as we wrap this episode up, one maybe any final word to pastors on how they can care for their flock well during this time, knowing they are the unique shepherd God's called to that group of people. Yeah, and I think Brian, what I want to say. To my brothers, I recognize that we've maybe said some of this in a way that can just really feel overwhelming. And you, you yourself need to ensure that your own heart is being taken care of. And if you're anxious and you're weary and and you're confused, um, share that burden with somebody. It, this may not be a bad time to get some extra rest. You know, my uh, I I have slept in a little bit longer during this time because I just I don't have I don't have to keep the hours that I did before uh and I and I thought and, and that hasn't always been purposeful it's just uh I I just I I haven't <laughs> I didn't wake up as early as I sometimes do now now last night I had some things on my mind and I actually got up for a little while in the middle of the night and to I had some people I was burdened for and wanted to check on some things that they had written about online and just see if there are any updates. But I think, you know, we're going to feel this weariness. And and just as, you know, we focus a lot on the medical community and what it's like for these doctors working nonstop and these dear nurses working nonstop and how we need to pray for them. There's a, There are a lot of pastors that you're, you're, the Lord's people are always on our heart, always on our mind. And, and in that sense, it never really shuts off. There's never really a day off or a time off. There's not a time when you can just so detach and say, I just don't care today. I'm just not going to care today. And knowing that 
you know, some of the sheep are vulnerable, and that's going to get our shepherd's heart racing mm. and to try to take care. But we have to make sure that, that we're able to do that with a degree of, of, of our own re, re, personal reserve and strength. So we need to be poured into as well. Yeah, I would echo that. Pastors, make sure you're getting enough sleep. Take advantage of maybe not having early morning breakfast meetings, which is well, a lot of times what gets me up in the mornings is, is an early morning meeting or something. But I'm also finding myself, I'm finding myself exhausted by the end of the night. Even though I don't run like I usually run, yeah. um, I'm finding new ways, levels of, exa- uh, new kinds of exhaustion. I learned this week, this is a good thing to know, I guess, about ourselves. I learned this week what my max is on Zoom. <laughs> until I just lose my mind. So I, I I realize that I can only do so much Zoom and so much screen time. And just know these things about yourself. Don't be, you know, don't apologize for getting the rest you need and and the, taking care of your yourself because like like always in ministry, if you are exhausted and worn out, that you're not going to be as good for the flock. And right. so make sure that that rule still applies that we talk about a lot here. Care for your own soul. Be mindful to take care of yourself. Give yourself time to rest and make sure you are communing with the Lord on a daily basis and getting your strength and your peace of, of the uncertainty that we're facing from Him. So let me take a minute and pray that we'll all be able to do that. Lord, thank you that you're on the throne in the midst of all the uncertainty, that we can trust you. And that includes all the uncertainties around our flock. We know we carry personal burdens about our own provisions and our own health. And yet we have those burdens for all of our people too. So Lord, give us grace and strength to manage that well. Lord, remind us of the things that are out of our control and we can let go and trust to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.